0: All right, if you again have a copy of God's Word, we're going to be looking at uh, John this morning. Again, last week we uh, introduced uh, the Gospel of John. We did a short introduction. This morning we're going to be looking at verses 1 and 2 of John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. And we'll be speaking on. The subject, the divine word, the divine word. And it's always a privilege to not only study the word of God, but it's a privilege to study the word of God about Jesus Christ. This is important. Uh, This is uh, something that John dedicates his whole gospel to in giving us uh, the truth about Christ and he writes in such a way that is unique that connects the Old Testament uh, with the truth about Christ as he lived his life in the world and so let's look together at John in chapter 1 we'll just uh, matter of fact I'll read verses 1 through 18 uh, because chapter 1 and uh, verses 1 and 2 is included in what John calls what we call the prologue, verses 1 through 18. Uh, And I'll speak more about this in a minute. John chapter 1, I read verses 1 through 18. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Sounds like Colossians, doesn't it? All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. This is God's word. John opens the reason I read these verses, verses 1 through 18 of John chapter 1, John opens his gospel with with what is called uh, a prologue. And in this prologue, it's, it's important, in this prologue, what John does is that he summarizes important truths about Jesus Christ. He summarizes important truths that we need to understand about the God man these essential truths that are found here in verses 1 through 18 they are important because they will help us to understand the words and the activities of Jesus in the rest of the gospel remember that what john presents to us in verses 1 through 18 is necessary for us to understand the rest of the gospel. We must uh, John remember what John's uh, uh, purpose for writing this gospel is. He, he told us in John 20 verse 31, we looked at that last week, John says, but these have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. This is John's purpose to help us orient our minds think rightly about this Jesus who walked the earth he's not just a man he is God and that's what John John said these things have been written to you that you may believe this it, it, he don't write this to, for you to get questions in your mind he wants to assure you he wants you to have assurance that Jesus is the Christ. The Christ that is promised in, like in Isaiah chapter 9 that we read. That, this, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. And that believing you may have life in his name. And so we, we must come to understand that you and I, We must believe. We must believe in Jesus as he has been revealed in scriptures. We must believe it. We must believe we cannot take some truths about Jesus Christ and and not embrace other truths about Jesus Christ. We have to take it all. We have to take it in no matter how uncomfortable it may make us we have to take in the truth about Jesus Christ and let that truth uh, impact the way we live our lives and he so this is so, so how has Jesus been revealed in scripture how has he been revealed in scripture he has been revealed in scripture old testament new testament he's been revealed as the Christ the son of God And again, this truth about Christ is important because if you get Jesus wrong, listen, young folks, if you get Jesus wrong, if you get him wrong, that he is God, that he is man, you will interpret everything through a flawed lens. If you get Jesus wrong, you get everything else wrong. I used to wonder how people who said that they grew up in like Baptist churches end up going to be uh, saying that they became a, a Muslim and they became a a, a, a Mormon. Uh, I used to wonder, how is that possible? It's possible because you get Jesus Christ wrong. You don't believe in the, the truth of what is revealed, the, the total truth. And if you don't. And first of all. You, you only believe it if you know it. You have to know it. You have to know it. Because there are Jehovah's Witnesses who come knocking at the doors. There are Mormons who come knocking at the door. There are those heretics who come and they will they're good people. They're good people but they got wrong theology. Because they get Jesus wrong. And if you get Jesus wrong you 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 get how you look at scripture it is it will be wrong if you get Jesus wrong then you will get the gospel wrong you won't then you won't have the true gospel and guess what if you don't believe in the true gospel that that presents to us the true Christ then you're still in your sins if you get Jesus wrong you reject the Jesus of the Bible, you reject his deity, you reject his humanity, you reject the gospel. I don't care how a Mormon may say that they align themselves with your faith, they reject Christ. And they so they whatever they whatever they believe, they get it wrong. They get it wrong. And they're still in their sins. They are still in their sins. No matter how good they may they may present themselves and how wonderful it may look and, and how they conduct they, their lives, they again they're helpful people, but they're still in their sins because they get Christ wrong. And if you have not embraced Christ as Lord and Savior, and as, as, as he is, then you are still in your sins. It is Christ, his divinity, and his humanity. Both of these were essential in achieving our eternal salvation. It, because of who Christ is, we can be assured that our salvation is eternal. So in our passage today, what does John teach us? What, what does John teach we must believe about Jesus? <clears throat> well, John will, again, <clears throat> in this whole section, uh, starting with the verse, verses that we're starting with here, verses one and two, he will present to us overwhelming biblical evidence. What John is doing, this is like a, almost like a legal argument. This is a kind of a legal, all that John does in this gospel, he presents to us the evidence. Like a lawyer in the courtroom, he presents evidence. uh, So that what? So that those who hearing it may come to a conclusion. John is presenting to us evidence, evidence about, oh, he, he presents to us overwhelming evidence about the divinity of Christ and if you are open and your mind is is open and your heart is willing to embrace you will be you will draw the conclusion the in, inescapable conclusion that the man Jesus Christ is truly God that is who John is talking about in these verses that we're gonna look at verses 1 and 2 He says in the beginning was the word. He's talking about Jesus Christ. And he and as we come to understand these words, the only conclusion that we can come to is that Jesus is divine. Look at verse number one. John writes here, he gives us uh, these phrases that are that are field you could, you could take each one of these phrases and preach a whole sermon on it in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and so here in verse 1 Jesus Christ, again, is designated as the word. The Greek word for word is Lagos. So Jesus here is designated uh, by John as the word or the, the Lagos. And what we will understand and what we will come to understand in this, 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 this these verses is, the, is the, the essential being of the of the word. Uh, of this, the the logos uh, of Jesus Christ. What is his essential being before the incarnation? Well, we find first that he preexisted. We'll see his preexistence. Notice the phrase at the beginning of verse one. Notice it closely. You're familiar with this if you read Genesis. In the beginning, in the beginning in the beginning of what does this refer to some point in time after creation Jehovah's witness believe that they believe that that uh, because this is how they understand Christ that Christ is the first created being but we'll talk about that a little bit later but in the beginning what does this be in the beginning refer to well it refers to the beginning of creation when God created the universe. It is the beginning of time and space. It it is the beginning. It is the create create when God created the heavens and the earth. This phrase, again, is used in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It's at the beginning of the Bible. And, and, And those... Who are hearing what John is presenting, or John has written? Uh, they 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 are familiar. These, these are Jews and Gentiles that John is writing to, and their uh, the Jews would have been familiar with 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 what John is referring to here, and perhaps not the Gentiles. And and John is helping the Gentiles orient their the the proselyte Gentiles to orient their minds. To, to uh the Old Testament to to gain an understanding of of who Jesus is, so in the beginning uh the, like again, these Jews and the these gentiles these these proselytes, they would have understood what John was writing here. John didn't explain he didn't even explain the word. he says, notice what John says. he says, in the beginning was the word. John, uh, He didn't go and go into elaborate detail about the logos, uh, what that word meant in the culture, because the people that he's writing to knew it. They knew what John was. John, John just hits it. I, you, sometimes you just got to just get you just got to go. You just if, if, as you teach and preach the word, sometimes you just can't. You, you don't have to get you don't give introduction. You just got to go. You got to get it. John is he gets with it. He get, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't start with a genealogy. He he gets right to in the beginning was the word. And 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 here we see that again, Jesus Christ, we see something true about him. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Talking about Jesus Christ, uh, the the uh, the Jesus in in eternity before he came upon the earth. This is. This is who he is. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. All, listen to what John says. In the beginning, was. John takes us not only back to the beginning, but he takes us back before anything was created. <laughs> before there was time, there was space. He takes us into eternity past and tells us that the Word. Was already in existence. He was already in existence. This verb was in the beginning, was the word. This verb was is in the imperfect tense, which depicts an, a continual, ongoing, timeless existence in the past in the beginning in the beginning was the word the word was in the beginning he he already you can say it like this he already was the word already was in the beginning when the beginning began whenever it was the word already was he already existed. This is important because there are some who believe that Jesus is a. Jesus is not created. God, he always existed. He has never ceased to exist. He always was the eternity past. John helps us to see that God existed prior to creation. He's so if he existed prior to creation, he's not a part of creation. Jehovah's Witness believe that Mormon's Jesus, if he was prior to creation, he's not a how can he be? That's that's not logical. That doesn't make sense. And there are implications if he was. If he existed prior to creation, then this implies something about Jesus Christ. It says something about who he is. If he was before creation, before the angels, before, uh, uh, before the creation of the, the heaven and earth, the word was. He has always been. There was never a moment when he was not, with some theologians. They say there was never a moment when he was not. Then, why does John do this? Why does John present Jesus as one uh, who existed prior to creation? Notice I didn't say created, he existed prior to creation. Uh, uh, John does this to refute the false teaching uh, uh, that uh, Jesus, uh, that the Word, is, is a created being. Or again the Jehovah's witness believed that Jesus was created by Jehovah as the Archangel Michael. This is what the Jehovah's Witness believe. They believe that that Jesus was a created being, that he was created before the physical world existed and he is a he is a lesser, the almighty god Little G, and for them john one and one refers to some point in time after his creation after this is what jehovah's witness believe that john one and one refers to a time after his creation and so john is refuting this john says no in the beginning the word existed he was he was he was already and it's also refused Aaronism which Jehovah's witness and and pretty much all these erroneous groups get their you know they they flow out of this this vein or many Arianism is the idea that they has the idea that Jesus Christ is not equal to the father by nature and so what they're what these folks reject they they cannot see that jesus can be both god and man they they that absolutely blows their mind to think of jesus as being both god and man and so they 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 come up with uh their own idea about so they say that jesus is He's not equal with the with the father by nature. He is the first creation of God. And uh, one of their theologians said this, there was when he was not. There was when he was not, meaning there was a time when he was not. Again, this is important. It may seem uh, academic, but this is important that we get we get this about jesus christ because john john doesn't say in the beginning the word was created you don't read that here do you that's not here in the beginning the word was created that's not what the bible teaches uh, here john teaches us that the word was already existed when god created everything the word is not a part of the created order he is uncreated he has no beginning he has no end there was never a time when the word did not exist. He existed from eternity past, and He will continue to exist into eternity future. And Steve Lawson said it this way: "Quote: There has never been a moment in eternity when Jesus did not exist." End quote. And he asked this: Jesus, and this is this is this is. This is important. Jesus, he says, quote, Jesus is always previous to all that happens in our lives. End quote. So before God created you and me, before God uh, created. Uh, the 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 you uh, I should say before God created the heavens and the earth, Jesus Christ was he was before it all. So that means that he's preeminent over all, because he is before all, and that means that nothing in creation can, as Paul said in Romans chapter eight that nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Because there is nothing in the created order that is supreme over him because he was before it. You got, maybe, you know, you, you got to get this. He was before the philosophers. He was before uh, man and, 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 he, and, and the wisdom that man has come up with. Why would you go to the world when you can go to the one who created the world? The Bible says that Jesus has become to us uh, wisdom. Why go to the world for wisdom when Jesus Christ is wisdom? He's previous to it all. What does the scripture teach this? Turn to John. Uh, we already there in John chapter one. Look down and, and uh, this is this is what uh, John says. John the Baptist says about Jesus Christ. John one and thirty. It says this is he talking about Jesus of whom I said after me comes a man who ranks before me. Because notice what John says. This is the ESV version I'm reading from because he was before me. John understood Jesus Christ. John was born before Jesus Christ. But John here says Jesus was before me. Wow. Turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Here's something similar to this. John chapter 8 verse 58. John chapter 8 verse 58 and 59. Notice. Notice what uh, our Lord says here. he said Jesus said to them uh they were having a discussion about uh Abraham and uh the the Jews found their identity in in Abraham but notice what Jesus says here in uh John chapter 8 verse 8 he says, Jesus said to them truly truly this is this is this this is the true truth <laughs> I say to you, before Abraham was, remember, they put their identity in Abraham. And Jesus says here, before Abraham was, I am. And the Jews that heard this, they knew what Jesus was saying. Because of their response in the next verse. So they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Why did they pick up stones to throw at Jesus? Because he said. Before Abraham was and this little statement, I am. God says this of himself in Exodus chapter three. Jesus is saying that he is. God here. And this is why they pick up stones to throw at him because Jesus saying he is God. They understood that. Be- before Abraham's beginning, I am Exodus 3 and 14. The author of Hebrews uh, applies this, this same understanding that, it, that he got from the Old Testament, Psalm one hundred two, verses twenty five through twenty six, which asserts the etern, eternality eternity of Jesus Christ, that that Jesus Christ has has always existed. In in Hebrews uh, chapter uh, chapter one, verses eleven and twelve, uh, the Hebrew writer says this of uh, the Son of God. He says, "You are the same, and you're in and you're as you were, and your years." will not come to an end. Something doesn't come to, a, to an end. That means that it's going to be forever. And the Hebrew writer is uh, talking about Jesus Christ. And so the Bible does not teach that Jesus is the first created being. Rather, it proclaims that he is the only self-sufficient being. Uh, he is the he is always existed. He is the always existing God. This is what the Bible teaches us. So at the beginning of creation, the word was. So why does John designate Jesus as the word of God, uh, as the word? Uh, this the word occurs three times in verse number one and it occurs again in verse number 14. And, and the people, again, they would have been familiar with with this this term. And it would have John saying this in John saying this, it would have caught their attention. Uh, it would have caught the attention of the Gentile here because the the logos was an important principle. Or the word was an important principle of philosophy in the Greco-Roman world and culture. Uh, R.C. Sproul, Dr. R.C. Sproul said this: the logos in Greek thought referred to the transcendent, impersonal, impersonal force that is life-giving and gives meaning. To the universe, this is what uh, Dr. R. C. Sproul said, it, and it also the uh, and 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 some of the philosophers' understanding. Uh, they they understood that there was change, but there the, the change is not chaotic change. It seemed to that even though change is going on every day in life, that change is orderly, and they and they said what is behind that is the logos. We don't know. It's it's not a person. We don't know what it is. It's unknown to us. And in a sense, John is saying, well, let me tell you, like Paul did in Acts at the uh, Aragopagus. He says, well, let me tell you who he is. That's that's in a sense what John is doing here. And even for the Jews, the Jews had an idea or a notion of of the word, the, the expression of God in the giving of the law uh in uh proverbs there's there's a passage that talks about the word as wisdom uh so even the the Jews had this idea of uh, of this expression that the, the 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 expression of God the 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 living expression the it the the it was the word that that gave the the commandments and so John is tapping into into this understanding and saying that this Lagos is the person the Lord Jesus Christ turn to revelations chapter 19 revelation chapter 19 verse 13 and we know that the writer of revelation is the apostle John and and, and notice what John writes in revelation chapter 19 Verse thirteen, and he says this of uh, the Lamb, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Verse thirteen: He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. So the the the, the logos, the 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 word here is Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. Je- uh, Jesus is the one who uh, will is the one who reveals to us God. Uh, he's the, the the divine expression of God, the father, which, which uh, John will point out here later in our in the prologue. So Jesus is the word. See, he preexisted for all things. Not only did he preexist, but he coexists with God. Notice John says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. He was, the word is a person. It's not a thought an idea which the the Greeks believe, but the word, the logos is a person. He was with God. He is the second person of the Trinity is this is the son of God. The, the, God is triune. God is one, one God in three persons. You try to understand that, it'll blow your mind up. One God in three persons. So you got one God, the Trinity, God, but then God exists in three persons God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All three make up the Trinity. All three make up the Godhead. And so John says here, and the word was with God. He is personally separate. The word is personally separate and distinct from God. John says the word was with God. He was with God in the closest possible relationship with a t Robinson said this uh, this this same idea is used in John uh, as you were second Corinthians chapter five verse 8 turn there real quick 2 corinthians chapter five verse eight <clears throat> and this is this is uh something that uh I was talking about earlier that This is uh, the truth concerning believers. Second Corinthians. Chapter five, verse eight, Paul writes, yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. This is uh, the truth about a believer. When a believer passes on, they're absent from the body body and they are at home with the Lord notice it says with the lord the same this 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 same uh preposition is used in john chapter one with god here paul says with the lord what does this mean with the lord uh a.t robson says quote it is the face to face converse with the lord that paul has in mind prose being, uh, em, uh, employed for living relationship, intimate converse end quote. So AT Robson says that Paul's focus here is on the believer. When they die, they are face to face with the Lord. They are in a intimate, uh, They are in intimate fellowship with the Lord once once a believer passed. And if that is true here, it is even much more true with the second person of the Trinity. He was face to face with God in close proximity in eternity. There was intimate communion, intimate fellowship between God, the father. And God the Son. In John chapter six, verse forty-six, Jesus attests to this close relationship with the Father. He says this. He says, "Not uh, that any man has seen the Father, save which he is, uh, which uh, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father." Jesus saying no one except for him has seen the father. Why? Because Jesus is the only one who was face to face with God in eternity past. Everybody else is created. Man is created. And no man can see God's face and live. But there is one God, the son, who knows the father and who has come to reveal to us the father no man has seen the father except the son the son was the son of god was present with the father before time before creation only he has seen the father john 8 and 23 says this he said to them you are from below i am from above you are of this world i am not of this world what is jesus uh talking about is that he is From heaven and who is in heaven. God is. John 10 and 30 talking about the intimate relationship uh, 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 of God, the father, God, the son. Jesus says this. I and the father are one. Continuous, intimate relationship. John 14 verse 11. Jesus says this, believe me that I am in the father and the father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. There's Jesus confirms that 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 he is uh, uh, that, that of the, the, the intimate relationship that he had. He says, I am in the father and the father is in me. The closest, the closest relationship that, that one can have. And this is why unity in the body of Christ is important. Because if the Father and the Son are in unity, if we are in the Son, then we too are in unity with God. Not like Christ, though, are in unity with God the Father, God the Son, and with one another, uh, with Christ. In the body, we are one with Christ in the body. So Jesus continually affirmed his unique, eternal, intimate fellowship with the Father. And John affirms that here, the word was with God. So there's there's this coexistence that Jesus is uh, distinct uh, and separate from uh as far as personal per- uh being uh, personally uh separated from god that that you can distinguish jesus uh uh the word from god but then John asked this and the word was he says in the world was with God and the word was god talking about uh jesus self existence this is john uh uh emphasizing the words deity The word was not a created being. Uh, uh, He's not an expression of of some divine attribute of God. The word possessed the quality of God. The word was God. The word possessed the essential quality of God. Whatever can be said of God can be said of the word. The eternal word who was with God also was God. The word never became God. That's not what John says here. The word never became God. He has always been God. And so John is teaching us that the logos, the word can be di- distinguished from God, the father with God. He says he is with God. Yet the logos, the logos is one with God, the father. He was God. He is with God. And he was God. Whatever God is, The word was that. Whatever the essence of God, the word uh, the word was also whatever God essence was, the word was also whatever constituted divinity, the word had it. The word wasn't lacking anything. He had every single perfection of God, every single attribute of God. He was infinite. He was eternal. He's unchanging. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. He never increases. He never decreases. He's he's not a subordinate being to God. He does does not possess an inferior nature to God. This should blow your mind that the one who came and walked on the earth is God. This is what John is getting to. This should lead us to worship that the, and amazement at who Jesus Christ is. He's not a mere man. He's God. He has every attribute that God has and he chose to come and walk among men and be put to death. Philippians chapter two verse six says, "Who though he was talking about Jesus in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be great. He was, he was, he was the, he was God in every sense." John uh, uh, Thomas understood this in John chapter twenty verse twenty eight when Thomas said, "My Lord, my God." he understood about, he under the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, no doubt, opened his understanding to all that, Christ, that was taught about Jesus Christ in the Old Testament and all that Jesus Christ had done, all the miracles that he had done. And then when he come to to Thomas and he's standing there and Thomas can reach and touch the, 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 the nail prints in his hand and he can take his hand and touch, the, 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 uh, the, the, where the spirit pierced him in the side, he understood that this is, that Jesus Christ is someone different than I am. He was raised from the dead. And remember, in that, in that passage said that Jesus appeared in the room, the doors were locked, he appeared in the room. And yet, he had a, a, a body that, he ate some fish and 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 this one who appeared to them is God Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 said he is before all things and in him all things hold together you see the Jehovah's witness they go wrong here again. The Jehovah's Witness, the version of the Bible that they have, the New World Translation, translate this that says here, instead of saying that the, the word was God, this is what their translation says. The word was a God and And they stumble over the fact that there's a there, the there's not an oracle here uh in in the greek and and they say that it should be translated a god Al, uh, alan connor on his in his sermon series on John said you know he gave and he talked about how he encountered jehovah's witness and uh, he said he said at the time he said i had little horns horned out of my head at the time meaning that he's you know he's He's doing something devious, but <laughs> but he said he asked. He said a Jehovah's Witness come up to him and said, "Look, in the Greek, this is what it says." So Alan said he went and got his Greek New Testament. He majored in Greek, so he went and got his Greek New Testament and he brought it to him and said, "Okay." He he showed them the verse and He said, "Well, what is this word?" They didn't know it. He said, well, try to. Can you read this? He's showing them the Greek New Testament. They just they're they they're they believe that this says uh, a guy in the Greek. And so he said, can you read it? They couldn't read it. Because they don't know Greek. How, how are they going to sit up and tell you something that they don't know anything about? They can convince you that this is what it says, and then there's the 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 all kind of rules that that says that you don't necessarily have to use uh uh an, an uh, uh article here to make it uh definite you don't have to do all of that uh I'm not a Greek scholar, but one thing I do know that it's wrong to translate this as the the word. Was a God. Because even if you don't know Greek, you just need to know the rest of the Bible. What does the rest of the Bible teach about and what does Jesus Christ say about Himself that He's God? Don't let them fool you. And and you know, they don't even believe that the Trinity. They don't even believe in in the Trinity because the, the word Trinity is not used in the Bible. But they have a problem. If they reject Jesus divinity, that he is God. Because no one but God can reconcile sinful man to himself. If Jesus is not God, then they're still in their sins. If Jesus is not man, if he's not the God man, then Jesus didn't didn't reconcile them. And 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 if they don't believe that, then they still they're still in there. They still sinful they still stand as a sinner before a holy God because they have no mediator. Our mediator, if you believe in that Christ is who he says he is, that he is the God man. He is the perfect mediator. He is the one who is able to bring God and man together because he is the God man. So we have to get the reality of his deity right because john is dealing with the one side then he's going to deal with the other side that the word became flesh but john is dealing with the fact that the word was god and this is how he reconciles the god side of the relationship and john repeats and I said, look at uh, verse number two. He said, He was in the beginning with God. He here refers to the Word. And C.K. Barrett, in his commentary, noted this in reference to this verse. He said, This is not a. He said, This is not mere repetition. He says, The Word does not come to be with God. The Word is with God in the beginning, and this is what John is emphasizing uh, because of what is. Uh, the erroneous teaching in the time in which he is living that Jesus is not God, that Jesus is a created being. John here emphasizes that the word does not become God. He is not a deified man. He is God. He was in the beginning with God. He is eternal. He is uncreated. He, 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 and if he's God, God cannot come into being because God exists. If Jesus is God, then God, we, we know that God, God is. He, he has always been. And if Jesus is who he says he is, is God, then he's he's he is. He does uh, does not come into being I'm talking about the 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 spiritual uh, nature of God, the son. We know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem as a man, but he was was existing before then. And and it makes sense if Jesus is God in the beginning, uh, he was in the beginning, and that means that he existed in eternity past and jesus even when he was in uh, in the incarnation walking this earth he prayed this in john 17 and 5 he said and now father facing the hour in which you will go to the cross and give his life he said glorify me in your own presence with the glory i had he didn't say i had before eternity. he said i the glory that i had with you before the world existed that's what jesus prayed in john 17:5. he said glorify me in your own presence with the glory that i had with you before the world existed and so at the ascension jesus re- simply returned to the position of glory that he had occupied before creation after his death, burial, and resurrection. So as I close, it's important that we affirm and understand how significant not only the humanity of Christ is for us, but also his deity. This is why the council, the first council of Nicaea in a uh, 325 A.D., the church fathers affirm that Jesus is true God from true God. And this has always been the battle, even today, even in the classrooms. There's this battle going on over Christ, over the gospel. Even though you may not even see it. And again, if you get Christ wrong, then you get the gospel wrong. If you get Christ wrong, you get the gospel wrong. Jesus is not just a loving man. He just he's 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 a he's he's a God of love and. You get Jesus wrong. You're going to be standing before Him and, and at the judgment seat, and He ain't going to be there as a loving man. He's going to be there as the as the reigning God and judge. He's going to judge you if you do not come to Him and embrace who He is. Philippians says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that jesus christ is lord you're gonna stand if you reject that i can't i wish i can take what is in my head and put it in your head if you're not a believer because you do not understand that you are playing with fire And these professors in the classroom, they, they, they want to deceive you. You, get to, you tell them that you're a Christian. They're going to make fun of you. But we got to get Christ right. And we got to fight that battle. We got to maintain that Christ is who he says he is starting with the fact that he's God and listen to Thomas, uh, Torrance talking about if Christ is not God and I'll end with this. He says, quote, if Christ is not God, if God is not fully and wholly present in Christ and identical with Christ, then God does not reconcile the world to himself. And the work of Jesus is not eternally valid, but is only temporary and contingent and relative. If Christ is not God, then the love of Christ is not identical with God's love. And so we do not know what God is. uh, We do not know that God is love. We may know that Christ is love, but if he is not really God in the complete sense, then all we have in Jesus Christ is a revelation of a man of humanity at his noblest reaching up into the clouds. If Christ is not God, then we do not have a, a descent of God to man. Thus, as, as uh, the verse of the fact that Christ Real humanity means that God has actually come to us and dwells among us. Christ did to means that God himself has come to save us. Man can't save himself. Only God can save. And he has done it in the person of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is God. Let's pray. Father, the the prince of this world, his whole aim, as we come to know from your word, is to keep unbelievers in darkness. To keep them from believing The true truth about Jesus Christ. The truth that will cause one to fall and worship Him as God. The truth that will cause one to come and to fall before Him and submit and commit their lives to Him as Lord. The truth that will cause one to come crying and uh and and repenting of sins and embracing Jesus Christ as savior it is the the evil one who desires to keep men's and women's and boys and girls' mind blind to this truth, and not only is it the evil one, the heart of sinful man rejects the notion that Jesus Christ is Lord and God. As a matter of fact, the sinful heart of sinful man apart from Christ rejects God, hates God. Turn away from God. And to things of this world, to find enjoyment in the things of the world rather than in God and in Christ. How important these truths are, Father. We submit ourselves in worship of you in regards, in response to these truths. We bow our hearts to you. That we have a wonderful Savior. A mighty Savior who is called Prince of Peace, who is called the Wonderful Counselor, one who is called the Almighty God. He is our Savior. So, Father, we thank you for giving us these truths and allowing us to meditate upon them here this morning. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.